Detail from the Tower of Babel by Peter Bruegel, 1563. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1-1. In an article titled Pope Francis Calls for Giving United Nations Organization Real Teeth, the current occupant of the seat of Antichrist says that, the 21st century is witnessing a weakening of the power of nation-states, chiefly because the economic and financial sectors, being transnational, tend to prevail over the political. That economic and financial sectors have throughout history have operated across national borders, and that the Bible in no way prohibits international trade, these things the Pope does not want you to think about. These forces, the Pope tells us, in some undefined way prevail over the political, and this, we are to take on the Pope's word, is a very bad thing that can be fixed only by ushering in an even bigger government, a world government run by the UN. So what does the Pope mean by economic and financial sectors prevailing over the political? Given his authoritarian dislike of economic and political liberty, he likely means that, despite the best efforts of regulators to stamp out economic and political liberty, people, ordinary people, are still free to make voluntary economic decisions in their perceived best interests. Liberty of this sort is deeply disturbing to globalist tyrants of all sorts, whether we're talking about religious globalists such as the popes of Rome, all of them, Francis included, are antichrists who hate, loathe and despise Christ and his people whom he freed spiritually, politically and economically, or secular tyrants of the sort who run the UN, the World Economic Forum or any number of other globalist busybody organizations. There's an old saying, if it doesn't fit, get a bigger hammer. The drive for world government is all about elite globalists such as the Pope getting a bigger hammer to beat the nations and peoples of the world into their mold, imposing on them by force the choices and behaviors the elite want them to exhibit, but which if left to themselves the people would not choose. There's just too much liberty out there, is ever the cry of the tyrant. In times past, those who warned about a plot to impose world government on the nations of the earth were viewed as kooks. That's conspiracy theory. People would cry. But the push for world government, while it is a conspiracy in the proper sense of the term, is certainly no unsubstantiated rumor spread by fact-challenged individuals. It's an open secret, possibly one of the worst-kept secrets ever. The popes of Rome and other Vatican officials simply cannot stop themselves from openly longing for world government and constantly take the opportunity to tell everyone how wonderful their brave new world will be. As Christians, we cannot endorse world government. But how could I say this? As Christians, we must always ground our ideas about politics and economics in the scriptures. So where in the Bible does is the matter of world government and individual nations ever brought up? Is it brought up at all? In short, yes. The Bible has a stance on world government. God opposes it. Further, God endorses the idea of a system of nation-states of the sort that came about as a result of the Treaty of Westphalia of 1648, which concluded the Thirty Years' War. The Tower of Babel and World Government It is the contention of this author that the Tower of Babel is the prototype of all future empires, including today's push for world government by the popes of Rome and others. In Genesis 11, we read about the Tower of Babel and the intentions of those who built it. After the flood, God told Noah and his sons, much as he told Adam and Eve, that they were to be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, Genesis 9-1. But in direct disobedience to the command to fill the earth, men gathered at one spot, Babel, and sought to make a name for themselves with their own effort. Come, let us build ourselves a city, and a tower whose top is in the heavens, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Genesis 11:4. What God had commanded, filling the earth, the men of Babel saw as an evil to be avoided. John Gill writes, Greater than lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth, which they seemed to have some notion of, and feared would be their case, 
liking better to be together than to separate, and therefore were careful to avoid a dispersion, it being some way or other signified to them, that it was the will of God they should divide into colonies, and settle in different parts, that so the whole earth might be inhabited, or Noah, or some others, had proposed a division of the earth among them, each to take his part, which they did not care to hearken to, and therefore, to prevent such a separation, proposed the above scheme, and pursued it. Greater than. Greater than Gill, the exposition of the Old and New Testaments. The men of Babel were concerned to make a name for themselves lest they be scattered. In this, they seemed to want to stand in the place of God, having men look to them rather than to their Creator. The Lord Himself acknowledged the effectiveness of their scheme, for when He came down to see their work, He said, Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them, Genesis 11:6. To prevent the men of Babel from carrying out their scheme for world government and to prompt them to seek for Him, God confused their language and scattered the people. Paul's Sermon on Mars Hill In Paul's Sermon on Mars Hill recorded in Acts 17, we read, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings, so that they should seek the Lord, in the hope that he might grope for him and find him, Acts 17 26-27. Whereas the men of Babel wanted to make a name for themselves in the hope, apparently, that men would look to them rather than to God, the Lord scattered the people. The reason for his doing so is not a matter of speculation, for Paul tells us plainly that the Lord established the boundaries and appointed times of men's dwelling, so that they should see the Lord. World government is a monument to man's idolatry. One of the great problems with civil government, and it was God who instituted civil government, is that Caesar often forgets that he is God's minister and begins to think of himself as a God. We see the unbounded pride of rulers time and again in Scripture, not merely among the heathen where we would expect to see it, but even among God's appointed rulers of Israel. If the rule of only part or the earth, even so great a portion as that of the Babylonian, Greek or Roman empires, could fill their kings and emperors with the sort of unbounded pride we see in Scripture, what would have been the case had they been the masters of the whole world? Jesus tells us the mindset of the rulers of the nations. He said, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, Luke 22:25. Here, we see two characteristics of worldly rulers. In the first place, they exercise lordship. This is a sound translation from the NKJV, for that is the meaning of the underlying Greek. One could even translate this passage as, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them. To lord it over someone is to act in a prideful or arrogant manner toward someone. That certainly describes many, if not most, political leaders in history. But one doesn't have to go way back in history to see examples of rulers lording it over their people. In just the past year, we've seen politicians and bureaucrats lorded over their hard-pressed citizen with their arbitrary, unchristian, unconstitutional, unscientific, and unmerciful COVID dictates. They have destroyed our economic and political liberties and done nothing to stop the spread of the disease. Indeed, the areas with most governmental intervention have had the worst COVID results, while places that respected liberty tended to do much better. Now they expect us to be thankful as they piecemeal our God-given liberties back to us and wish to be seen as benefactors, as if our freedoms were theirs to take in the first place. But apart from limiting the pride of rulers, there is, I believe, at least one other reason nation-states serve to promote the seeking of God, the separation of powers. In the United States Constitution, the framers were careful not to give too much power to any one institution. As a way of preventing the centralization of authority, they created the federal government with three separate co-equal branches of government, the executive, the legislative and the judicial. Interestingly, this threefold division of government is supported by Scripture. In Isaiah 33 we read, For the Lord is our judge, 
Judicial Branch, the Lord is our Lawgiver, Legislative Branch, the Lord is our King, Executive Branch. It is this author's contention that a system of nations or nation-states has the same effect, decentralizing power, on international relations as the division of power does within a government such as the federal government of the United States. Instead of one gigantic worldwide imperial government with no effective checks on its power, individual nation-states serve as a check one another's power. While evil may prevail in one nation, good counsel in other nations can limit the spread of the tyranny. The New World Order, the Tower of Babel for Our Time It is the contention of this author that the New World Order, which is simply another name for globalism, is the Tower of Babel of our time. While the men of ancient Babel sought to rule the world in unrighteousness, unsurprisingly, the charge toward world government in our time is being led by the men of mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. The current Antichrist, Pope Francis, simply cannot stop with his calls for the creation of his shiny new Tower of Babel. In a Breitbart piece from March 2021, Pope Francis actually used the term New World Order. In the article Pope Francis calls for New World Order after the pandemic, Francis is quoted as saying that we can heal injustice, by building a new world order based on solidarity, studying innovative methods to eradicate bullying, poverty and corruption. Coming from the Vatican, historically and presently the biggest, longest-running collection of bullies, inducers of poverty and corruptocrats the world has ever seen, the Pope's comments are preposterous.